Stand Up for the Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up for the Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Hello, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, I can't wait to get to Gary Ka and talk about what's happening and the new developments around the world and especially in our country that will affect uh, Americans and to what extent, uh, you know, that remains to be seen. But I want to start off with a scripture, Revelation 22, verses 12 and 13. Jesus said, Behold, I am coming soon. My reward is with me, and I will give to everyone according to what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. So we trust him. We trust God in all things, and we pray often that uh, he would continue to lead us and give us wisdom, and uh, we also ask that we would increase our faith. God can do that. Uh, the apostles prayed, increase our faith, Lord. Um, so we need to be praying that and trust him with all of our hearts and lean not on our own understanding. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, so important, as many of you know that verse. But I do want to bring in Gary, and then we'll start off with some good news, and then we'll get into some of this stuff, friends, that I'm just going to give you a little advance uh, notice that it, it might be hard to hear some of what's going on because we, as believers in Christ, always or often expect the best in people, our fellow human beings <laughs> in mankind, but we have to understand and recognize the heart of man. We also have to recognize the spiritual battle and the demonic forces that are driving a lot of what we're seeing happening around the world. So Gary, um, we're going to just bring him in. Hope for the World, the website. Uh, he's an author, former Europe and Middle East trade specialist for the Indiana State Government, and he's worked with economic staff at American embassies on trade-related projects, and he's just got so much great resources. He's got a lot of good sources that he gets info from. Gary Ka, welcome back to Stand Up for the Truth. Hi, David. It's always great to be with you. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. It's a blessing uh, to uh, have you on. And before we get into, you have a new article on the website called Brace Yourselves. I want to encourage people to read that. We'll link to it at the podcast post, StandUpForTheTruth.com. But let's start with some more good news because we need it in this day. Uh, prayer wins. Supreme Court upholds high school coaches' right to pray on football field. If you remember, friends, this was about five, six years ago out in Washington State, Bremerton High School, football coach Joe Kennedy was simply going to the midfield after the football game by himself. He was going to midfield to pray, to thank God uh, for the game, that there were no injuries or whatever else he was praying and being thankful for. What happened was as he was doing this after each game out at midfield, some of his players started to join him voluntarily, and they started praying and gathering around him, taking a knee and praying. And that rattled the leftists in Washington. The court case came out of it. He was uh, forced to resign or he was fired. I don't remember which. But, Gary, your thoughts on this good news. And it, it shouldn't have had to go to court, but this is the country we now live in. Yeah, we're finally getting some uh, much-needed uh, victories uh, from the Supreme Court. Um, it, it was a, a good weekend from that uh, standpoint. 
and they're just upholding the Constitution, you mm-hmm. know, and, and it's amazing. The left says this and that isn't, isn't constitutional. You wonder if they've even read the Constitution lately, you know. Um, but <laughs> this is, is very good news. Um, and, of course, the atheists all around the country, they don't want people praying anywhere. That's their goal, to shut down all prayer. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, here's a, a man just praying publicly on his own, not forcing anybody, and they wanted to silence him. And um, and then of course the also the Roe versus Wade uh, ruling you know things going back to the states and it will be challenged in some of the states there even in the trigger states I heard this morning uh, a couple of new lawsuits at the state <clears throat> level there so the, the battle's yeah. uh, not over but at least um, you know it appears that that some babies' lives are going to be saved as a result of this ruling and, and Roe versus Wade was never constitutional to begin with it was it was flawed from the start but you listen to people today and and uh it is a spiritual battle ultimately yes. uh, like you said at the outset and um we have to recognize that's what this ultimately is all about a clash of two worldviews yes um the judeo christian world ethic uh versus basically everything else you know i mean there, there's one true way and and the bible gives us that and and the foundation um that we establish through scripture uh, really is in a battle uh, against the world system that mm-hmm. is um, uh, heavily demonically driven. I, I think any Christian uh, would have to agree uh, to that statement these days that that you know we we live in a dark fallen world, but yet God has given us uh, a mandate as believers to stand firm and and we're His ambassadors in this world, so we need to do so and in love, uh, but that doesn't mean we should be pushovers. We need to be bold and, and, and stand firm. That's uh, right. Under difficult circumstances sometimes. Yes. And that coach did so. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Praise God for men like that that took a stand. Uh, it wasn't popular, but he did the right thing before God and, you know, his convictions, and it paid off. But I, he had to go through the ringer for five or six years in order for it to pay off. Unfortunately, the Supreme Court ruled. And by the way, as Christians, our final authority is the Bible. In America, our authority is the Constitution. That is the law of the land. But it's been so watered down, beat down, criticized and minimized over the last many decades. A lot of people forget that, Gary, that the Constitution is our governing document. That's right. And it has served us very well. And I think one reason we still have a semblance of freedom left in this country uh, really is because we're kind of living on borrowed time off the, the, mm. the back of uh, a, really an incredible constitution that was put together by our founding fathers that God allowed. You know, and we've been the freest nation on earth for, for quite some time now. And the, the Christian values uh, that have permeated through that um, – you know, a lot of good things have, have come out of that, and yes. corrections have been made where they needed to be made, such as uh, 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 the abolition of, of slavery. Um, people forget that, that those kinds of changes were made because Christians led the drive. And so people need to remember the freedoms that we have in this country are largely because of the, the Judeo-Christian ethic upon which it was built. And you go to other nations in the world, and almost everybody I know, they can't wait to get back to the U.S. This is still a good place to live, yes. and we need to stand firm for that, because uh, the devil would like to you know, take us down in any way that he can and, and, and uh, end all of this to bring in his final one-world regime and, and, and all of that. But uh, 
we're, we're moving in that direction overall, but the Supreme Court rulings over the weekend uh, give us a bit of a breather, and I thank the Lord for that. Yes, praise God for that. Uh, thank you, Lord. Uh, we have time, and his patience means salvation. But there are a lot of signs that uh, things are going in the direction uh, prophetically that they are meant to go under God's sovereignty. Gary, let's get into that now. Um, briefly, um, let's go over some bullet points. Uh, you put something on your website about the danger in losing our freedoms in America and our sovereignty to a global system of government. And you listed five reasons. And like I told you before we got on the air, most of our listeners are aware of this or heard of this. I think we need a, just a little refresher. Five reasons to be concerned about a new world order. So if you could just go through the first five or the five reasons briefly before we get into the main content, that would be great. Yeah, and by the way, I, I did just post this at our website, GaryCaw.org, so people can read it in a bit more detail. But but just real quick, um, you know, we have a system of checks and balances in this country that has been a really good system. The three branches of government and and then the states, which can sometimes push back at the federal government if it gets too controlling. Uh, all these checks and balances, they would have to be done away with for us to go into a world government mm -hmm. system. We would lose that. Uh, we, wow. Secondly, we would use our con lose our Constitution, our U.S. Constitution, which has served us so well. And um, we would either completely have to abolish it or change it drastically uh, to enable us to go into a world government. The only way around that would be through international treaties. If our leaders sign certain international treaties, which they would argue override our Constitution, and, and some of them have been uh, trying to do that, so we mm -hmm. need to keep an eye on that, on these uh, various treaties that they're trying to get through. Uh, so anyway, we'd lose our checks and balances. We would lose our U.S. Constitution. Thirdly, under a world system, we'd have a weaker voice in government, uh, less power to, to govern ourselves as the people. Uh, you say, why? Well, this world government power base would either be in New York City or more than likely eventually Europe or the Middle East. And so, if, you know, if, if people are upset now about <laughs> U.S. elected officials in Washington not listening to us, imagine how much worse it will be if a group of international bureaucrats are running our lives from somewhere else wow. in the world. And then fourthly, uh, this world government has to be funded somehow. So there will be an international tax of some form. Uh, even they've talked about an income tax starting out maybe around 3% or so, and then I'm sure that would increase drastically. So as if we don't already pay enough taxes, you know, at the city, county, state, and federal level, now we'd have international taxes wow. on top of that. And, and then fifthly, uh, uh, my final reason, the biggest reason to be concerned is where are these people coming from spiritually? Worldview. You know, who would yep. be running this world government? And based upon who's pushing for it and assuming that like-minded people would eventually be in control of it, um, since the, those pushing for this um, you know, have a great deal of influence, then we could conclude that it would be largely an anti-Christian, anti-Jewish uh, political and religious worldview. And, of course, from Bible prophecy, we know where it's going. We know that eventually there will be a world government system with the Antichrist in control. And, and what we see happening today is moving things in that direction. So these are just five brief bullet points for, you know, why to be concerned about a new world order, and, and there is a danger in this in losing our U.S. freedom. So we know eventually it's going to come from Scripture, um, but I believe uh, part of the timing of this is dependent on uh, what the people of the world do. Uh, mm. Will the people repent, and, and will God then give us more time? 
uh, or are things going to spiral downhill? You know, we've seen a lot happen in the last year and a half. Things have been moving very quickly. Uh, but there are some some positive signs happening, too. And I think the U.S., I, I really believe that the biggest battle is being fought right here, right now, in our country. Yes. Um, and a lot of people are watching around the world, a lot of Christians especially. Mm-hmm. And I hope more people are waking up. Um, I, I really want it, that to be true, but I just don't see it happening because we live in the United States of entertainment, and we are too busy and distracted oftentimes. But we'll see what happens. It's all under God's sovereignty. Gary, as a transitional uh, question, uh, before we get into the the deep, <laughs> the depths of this, um, a lot of people don't understand if America is weakened and taken down as they are seemingly trying to do that. That's what the globalists are trying to do. It's pretty clear. The elites and those who are pushing this agenda, won't they be affected just like the average person? I mean, let's just not, I'm not talking about the higher ups in power. Let's just talk about, you know, socialist Marxists or some of the Democrats in DC, maybe some of the elites or corporation owners or, or business owners that are pushing this that have some power. Uh, won't they be affected as well when some of these things start taking place and America gets weakened? Yeah, good point. Um, I believe personally that those affiliated with the World Economic Forum, like um, the Bill Gateses and George Soros and Klaus Schwab and, and even Pope Francis, and you know th- those people that are really the movers and shakers of the world, I believe they're convinced that they'll largely be in control of all this if they help to bring it about. Mm. Uh, So they themselves are deluded, because ultimately we know from Scripture where it's going. You know, you're going to have the Antichrist in control of this. And a lot of times what happens is once you have a dictator in place, what do they do? They eliminate some of the people who help get them there, because they see them as the biggest threat to them because of the power that they have. That's what Hitler did. Um, and, and that's why he was so hard to stop once he got in. He eliminated any, any possible threats once he got in there. And so all these people are deluded ultimately. I mean, this whole thing is a deception. Mm. Just the very fact that they think they might be in control of this when that, that probably won't be the case. Um, but you've got thousands, I, I'd say maybe two to 3,000 people that are quite powerful within this, this movement. And I've shared this with friends recently. I said, think of it like, let's just take a U.S. corporation as an example. Let's take Chrysler Corporation. Mm -hmm. At the top, you've got a a small number of people that pretty much know exactly where they want to take things over the next five years. And then uh, you, you come down a step from that, and those people have some idea of where things are going, but they don't quite have all the details. But they, their job is to feed things downward, you know, down the chain of command and just make sure that things get done. And then you have the, the um, lower management. Um, they're overseeing the assembly line and, and, and have certain goals they need to meet each day. And then you have the common workers, you know, on, on the assembly line. They're just going to work doing their job each day and don't think too much about the direction of the company overall. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how this one world movement is you have some people millions of people on the fringes of this and they've bought into it all Mm. Uh, i remember a a speaking engagement i did years ago it was at a a church of the nazarene i remember that Um, and some people came up to me they were probably in their early 60s or something like that and had tears in their eyes and they they pulled me aside and talked to me and one of the organizations I had talked about as being in the thick of the New Age, One World Movement, uh, an organization that's actually very much involved in the occult side of things, 
they had been supporting this organization financially wow. in a pretty big way for years and years, mm-hmm. not aware of this organization that was operating under the guise of the environment and wanting to pr- improve the environment. They didn't realize it, that it was actually an occultic organization, and they'd been supporting it naively. These were solid Christian people who knew the Bible, but they hadn't done their and so they were inadvertently supporting all of this. Hmm. Uh, and, and that's just an example, you yep, know, of how it's sense. possible for uh, a lot of people to throw their hat in the ring without fully understanding what this is really all about. So that people are at different levels of this, okay. and um, it remains to be seen how it all plays out specifically. That does make sense. Um, so, Gary, in your article, Brace Yourselves, and that's what we're going to go through now, get some points from this. Um, you write, uh, the seemingly naive blunders and misjudgments by, made by Biden and those around him uh, are a part of an intentional plan to destroy the Judeo-Christian constitutional fabric of our nation. And, of course, a lot goes into that, uh, the weakening of the economy and the military and all that. But this is, we, most of us understand it is a, an intentional plan. It's evil because they're driven by who are they driven by? It's not the Holy Spirit, right? So they must be driven by unholy spirits. This is a demonic plan because it's going to affect it's going to affect lives that already has. I mean, just the abortion movement. Uh, but talk about that. That we look at it as uh, you know, Biden comes off as you know, it's it's naive or a misjudgment, and those around him are are you know pulling the strings or whatever. But it is an intentional plan. No, that's right, and and I really believe. Part of me honestly feel sorry for President Biden right now because he mentally he's just not at a level where really he's suited to be president and and so he's managed right now and I think that's pretty obvious mm-hmm. I mean almost every step he he makes uh, he's given note cards on, yes. on exactly what to say and, and 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 what to do and so he's got handlers around him in his administration and a lot of these people have very strong Marxist socialist leanings and that may be hard for some people to believe, but these are globalists, and, and they are hell-bent on achieving this agenda. And unfortunately, they are as committed to carrying out this agenda as many Christians, perhaps most Christians, are uh, uh, in terms of being faithful to Christ. And so we really need to examine ourselves as, as Christians. Are we, we really walking the talk mm. and, and taking the kind of stand that we ought to? Because these people who are at the forefront of the globalist movement, they're very serious, and, and they're committed. They practice their beliefs with a religious fervor, and th- they're wanting to bring about this world government system no matter what. Uh, no matter if they have to become militant, they're going to do it. And, mm. and, and so that's why I think we're going to keep seeing this movement push forward, maybe even in a, in a more concerted effort between now and the elections in, in the, the, the fall, because if they feel they're going to lose certain momentum possibly in the elections, then they have an incentive to get as much done yes. now in the next few months as, as they can. So we're, we're really coming into a, a more dangerous period of time, in my opinion, mm-hmm. um, and, and so we need to be prepared as, as, as Christians and really be walking closely with the Lord. Um, but again, this is an intentional agenda. This is not accidental. Um, they understand uh, that before the American people are willing to embrace a, a, a new socialist world order, um, we have to be brought to our knees to a point where every area, area, every area of our lives uh, is in chaos and everything seems hopeless because mm-hmm. the current world system 
has to be brought down in order for them to successfully introduce a new world system. There has to be a reason for people to go through these drastic upcoming changes. If everything's going fine as it is in our country, then why would people want to change? And so I think creating chaos in every walk of life is part of this intentional effort of theirs. And and I think within a matter of months or, or within the next couple of years, if things keep going down this path, um, you're going to see a situation that's so out of control that many people just throw their hands up in the air and say, hey, I don't care what you do, just stop this. You know, mm, if we need yep. a new world system, hey, that's fine by me. So they're trying to get people uh, to that point where they just get worn out and throw their hands up and are willing to embrace the, the coming changes that they want. So we're going to be right back with Gary Ka. Remember, friends, progressive socialists are not stupid. They are evil. Uh, we're going to ask Gary about President Biden recently saying that the, the administration, the government needs money for the second pandemic. Biden's words. What does he mean by that? And will we, will we willingly surrender our personal freedoms? Well, we'll see what happens. More with Gary Cobb when we come back on Stand Up For The Truth. Keep it right. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. Gary Ka is our guest today. Hope for the world. Gary Ka, K-A-H dot O-R-G. Um, you did an interview a couple months ago, Gary, with Curtis Bowers, Agenda Weekly host, and it was called One Crisis Away. Uh, Joe Biden recently, maybe he said the quiet part out loud. I don't know. You don't know with, with, with this guy, but because he, he's got cue cards and and post-it notes and everything else to remind him what to do and what to say step by step. But he did say that the administration needs money for the second pandemic. So they're expecting this. We take it that some are planning this. Your thoughts on that, and maybe does that tie into what you were talking with Curtis Bowers about? Yeah, uh, I know through some things that have slipped out and also some things that have come out of the Vatican um, through um, – the Archbishop Carlo uh, Vigano, who's who's really been opposing some of the things that the Pope's doing, uh, that there are at least three waves of pandemics planned, hmm. and we've come through the first. Some say the second one, but it was pretty mild, so I don't know if we've hit the second one yet officially. But but clearly, there's more being planned, mm-hmm. and um, th- these people realize that. Uh, well, and they've said it. They've come out and, and said it. Um, you know, a, a crisis demands global solutions, right? A world crisis demands global solutions. And so uh, a pandemic is uh, a type of world crisis, and so they're able to use that, manipulate it, uh, to take more control, uh, to give the government more authority over our lives, uh, introduce more restrictions, and um, and eventually to push us into this, this new world order, this, this great reset, or Agenda 2030, as, as the UN calls it. And so, again, they use crisis management. Uh, I call it crisis manipulation. That might be a better term mm, yes. um, uh, to, you know, step things forward. And, and so I believe that either this fall before the election or shortly afterwards, um, we'll, we're probably going to see another uh, pandemic. And for people to know in advance that this is coming, it tells you that a lot of this is being planned out. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then you also have to conclude it's incredibly evil. Um, 
many of these people are heavily involved in eugenics and the population control movement. They've made public statements. It's no secret about how they want to reduce the world's population drastically. Mm-hmm. And so how do you do that? You know, wars, famines, and plagues, mm. uh, disease. So really, there are only a few ways in which to, to reduce the population. And, and so through major pandemics, you're going to lose some people that way. And then through the vaccines that they introduce, uh, there are a lot of side effects to those. Many of them are not fully being reported among the statistics that we have. Uh, but I can tell you the last vaccine we had, if it was anything else, it would have been stopped a long time ago because That's of right. side effects. That's right. You know, and, and, but yet they're moving forward with it. Now they're trying to force it on, on young children. And, and so just a lot of, of, of evil. I mean, I don't know what else to call it, and and I don't want to accuse anybody directly of intentionally pushing this agenda. But yet, when they come out and openly, like Bill Gates, you know, he's called for a drastic reduction in the world's population. Yes, and then he goes on and gives ten billion dollars to the World Health Organization. Back in 2010, he made the announcement and says this is going to be the decade of vaccines. So, do we want to trust a guy like that, uh, and whose father was on the board of directors of Planned Parenthood? to now produce the vaccines that we're all supposed to take. Um, there's just too many things that, that, um, that are warning signs. And, and I believe God in, in his grace and mercy has given us those warning signs, but yet people naively, they just jump on the boat and go along with stuff without mm-hmm. doing the research and then oftentimes uh, suffer the consequences. And we can't forget the abortion movement. That is population control as the fo- founder of Planned Parenthood, Margaret Sanger, set out to do in the 1920s and 30s with uh, birth control, what she called it, and they went into uh, black neighborhoods and put up their first clinics. Um, uh, And you say in your article that we're witnessing a classic revolution, and we are. I mean, they're using surveillance, uh, bioweapons, psychological weapons, uh, abortion, and some of these same people, and I'm quoting you now, who march for animal rights, protection of the environment, and social justice, will fight for the, quote, right to kill defenseless human babies. And you say this is what happens when people reject their creator. So we're seeing some natural consequences of rejecting truth and rejecting God from the uh, equation, correct? Yeah, exactly. And, and abortion is the fourth pillar, you know, along with uh, uh, the three that I mentioned earlier of how mm-hmm. they can reduce the population of the world. The fourth big one is, is abortion. And, um, I mean, when you look at these people marching in the streets... Some of them, they're, I mean, they're just vile. They, they, really, they look demonic sometimes. Yes. And to want to march for the right to, to take human life, to kill babies, up, in some cases through the ninth month, ninth month you yes. know, and now in, in a couple of states they're even trying to get it approved after they're born. That's, that's purely demonic. That's evil. That's, yes. People are no longer thinking rationally. Um, and, and yet they, you know, they, some of these same people... They march for the protection of the environment, saying if we don't do something, all life on the planet will be lost. But then they're, they're also marching to take away human life. I mean, none of this makes sense, really, to, to rational mind. You know, if, if you're grounded at all in Scripture, have any ethics or morality left. But the Bible tells us that's what would happen in the last days, that mm-hmm. people's consciences would be uh, so corrupt as if they've been seared with a hot iron. Uh, as Paul uh, said to, uh, in the, his writings to Timothy. And we're at that point now where we're good uh, is viewed as evil, and evil is good. And that also was, uh, was prophesied in, in, in Scripture. And we're that generation seeing this thing that just 
don't make sense to anyone with halfway of a rational mind. But they've abandoned the Creator. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you read Romans 1, when people abandon the, the Creator and begin worshiping trees and nature and everything else, they, they just they completely have lost their, their moral compass, and then anything goes. So, uh, again, we need to be ambassadors and, and shining yeah. lights for the Lord in, in, in the middle of this mess. And uh, fortunately, there, there is a growing percentage um, of people in this country that are waking up. And I, I hope enough people wake up quickly enough that we can have a serious impact at the national level. But regardless of that, whether we do or don't, you know, at least in our neighborhood and our families, uh, we can have an impact where we're at for yes. sure. And, and now is the time to speak up and not be silent. Amen, brother. And one of the wa- reasons they're unleashing this even more so in America is the, the left knows their policies stink. Uh, their policies are not popular, so they're forcing these agendas on people. Um, let's talk about coming shortages and things that may affect our homes, our jobs, our cars, the cost of electricity. Uh, Gary, in this part of your article, which is called Brace Yourselves, I want to quote Candace Owens, who was on uh, Tucker Carlson a, like a week ago, and they were talking about some of this and how they're weakening America. Um, and she said this, and I'll let you respond. Quote, they put Biden there for a reason, and I honestly believe he is, by the left's metrics, a great success. I think he was installed like Kamala Harris in an effort to be deplete the middle class and make sure people are relying more on government. And by those metrics, they've been a tremendous success. They keep looking at us like we're stupid and keep gaslighting the American people, saying, what are you talking about? Everything is great. End quote. That's Candace Owens. So your thoughts, Gary? I totally agree with her. In fact, uh, I've made recent statements in the last few weeks, too, and we haven't talked to each other. So (laughs) I I think, you know, she just um, nailed it. Mm -hmm. Um, This is deliberate. Um, And and, um, two or three years before the election, I remember doing an article, uh, and I had gotten through some from some good sources that they were really going to be pushing Kamala Harris in there. And of course, she bombed the debates, exactly. sank to the bottom, <laughs> and still they managed to get her in as vice president. Yep. And that's because she's a completely committed socialist. Yeah. And so if Biden doesn't make it through the first four years, um, you know, it doesn't get better, it gets worse. And, and, and so uh, this is well thought out. Uh, Biden, uh, unfortunately, he's basically the fall guy. They don't care how bad they make it under his administration. He's going to be the one to take the heat for everything that's going to go wrong. Mm-hmm. Maybe he does or doesn't realize that. But again, since he's come into office in just a year and a half, there's a crisis in every walk of life. Yes. I don't think there's one area of, of normal everyday life that's functioning normally anymore. Um, a lot of this has to do with energy. Um, just let me speak to this for, for a moment. Absolutely. Um, I had a statistic I put in here. Let me find it here. Okay, so far in 2022, and this was as of the first week of June, okay? Uh, so in just a little bit over five months, there were more power plants closed in the United States than in the five-year period between 2015 and 2020. Hmm. So they're being closed at a rate 10 times higher uh, than what happened during that five-year period. And then in the meantime, they're really pushing uh, electric cars, which just takes up more electrical power. And so as a result of that, they're predicting power outages now this summer because of, uh, of a shortage of electricity. You can't tell me. 
that they don't understand that, that they don't know it. So this is intentional, again, to push the American people to a crisis point um, and, and to slow down our economy, because without energy, nothing runs. We have more coal, natural gas, and oil in the ground in the United States uh, probably than any other nation in the world. Uh, we have enough, um, I heard a few months ago, for the entire world for like 50 years and for the United States for a couple hundred years. But uh, that's not the goal. We have to become interdependent and not independent. So Trump, uh, regardless of what you think of him and some of the things he said, policy-wise, he was smart. Mm-hmm. Uh, he made us uh, an independent uh, country as far as energy goes. We're actually exporting energy. Yes. And now it's, you know, what's coming out of the ground here has been drastically reduced because of the, the policies of this administration. But yet we're asking other countries to step up production because Biden's now really feeling the heat. And, and so Saudi Arabia and Venezuela, uh, you know, they're trying to bring a little bit more in from those countries, but it's still not going to be enough to bring prices down. And uh, we traveled over the weekend, um, and and the average price was between four seventy five and five twenty five, but on the a, a gallon, and uh, on the coast though it's around seven or eight dollars, yes. and it's going to kill the economy, and and that's part of the plan. That's the way to kill the economy, and and put all these other uh, things in motion that they want to accomplish. Well, I think one of the uh, obviously we're seeing the prices go up. Obviously, more people are seeing it, feeling it in their pocketbooks. They're paying more for gas, energy costs. And um, one concern I think we haven't talked enough about, Gary, is food, because that I mean, we ta- you were talking about food and water. That means survival. Um, and let's just think about what you put in the article here. Seventy percent shortage of baby formula. Who would have ever thought that would even be a remote possibility in a country like America? Yeah, and, and my wife went to Meyer the other day. There wasn't a single jar of peanut butter what? on the shelves, not one. Huh. It had been completely cleaned out. And so there are already shortages in certain areas, and that's going to accelerate as the summer goes on, uh, unfortunately. Uh, back in February, a very large farmer who's a good friend of mine called me specifically to give me a heads up, and he said, Gary, they're going to weaponize food. I just want you to be aware of that. It's coming. Get ready. And so we've been telling our friends to stock up on on, uh, food with a long shelf life Mm -hmm. uh, because this is part of the plan. They're going to weaponize food. Um, And and then he gave me an example of something that had happened in his neck of the woods. And I just want to share this real quickly uh, because it's the the behind-the-scenes kind of stuff going on that people generally are not aware of. He said a friend of his from church, who, like himself, uh, owned a large farm, uh, unexpectedly died of a heart attack. <clears throat> I believe he said the gentleman was in his 40s. It was completely unexpected. So a few weeks after his death, uh, two men show up at his widow's door. And uh, after offering their condolences, they asked her how much money she'd like for her farm. You know, they were assuming that she'd want to sell it now that she was a, a widow and wouldn't want to run such a large operation by herself. But she quickly responded to him uh, that she had no interest in selling. And so then the men asked her, but if you were to sell, <laughs> what would you want for the farm? And, you know, just pretend. And so after some time, she reluctantly uh, gave them amount, an amount. And then these men promptly offered her way more, way more for it. In other words, make the offer so irresistible that you, you know, you, ha- you have to sell. 
And my friend told me that this type of land grab by huge corporate conglomerates is taking place all over America, North America, Canada, and the United States. Uh, as it turned out, these two men worked for a company owned by China. And the fact is, more and more American farms are owned or controlled by Chinese front organizations. And also, many of our food processing plants, especially in the area of meat production, are owned or controlled by China. This is one of the best-kept secrets in the United States. We are no longer in control of our food supply. We have foreign companies now controlling a significant percentage of our food in the country. And so if, if farmers, through the consortiums that they're a part of, have made contracts to export their foods to China or, or other places, uh, we could be in a, in a situation here in the U.S. where plenty of food is grown in our country uh, to feed everybody, but a lot of it has already been designated to go overseas. And just to make sure that farms can't back out of that, uh, some of the very companies signing these agreements themselves are owned by China. Mm. Uh, I mean, this is not a good situation no. we're looking at. And and then to go a step further, the war in Ukraine. You know, a lot of the farmers over there, and grain is uh, Ukraine is a major uh, producer of grain, corn, wheat, and barley. Farmers haven't been able to uh, get their their seeds in, into the ground because of the war in in a good part of Ukraine. And then the the grain that they um, harvested last year, a lot of that is sitting in the ports along the Black Sea, and, it, and it's not going anywhere because uh, Russia is not allowing it to. And so this is also going to factor into the uh, growing food shortage. And then if that's not enough, you've got a fertilizer shortage that will really begin feeling later this year, and especially into 20 and 23. This year we still had some stockpiles left, and so mm -hmm. I'm not sure how much of a bearing it's going to have this year, but we'll really feel it next year. Uh, Ukraine... Russia and Belarus together supply over 30% of the resources used globally to make fertilizer. That's wow. huge. Yep. So they control the fertilizer market. And, and so if they're not willing to export or are, are unable to export those resources, the production of fertilizer goes way down. And so that means less food's going to come out of the ground because of, you know, fertilizer substantially increases the yield each year. So in a number of different ways, and we haven't even talked about the biggest one yet, but I, I've been rambling for we'll a get while there. here, so I want to throw it back to you, Dave. Perfect timing, Gary, because we've got to take our next break. And when we come back, I'm going to let you uh, answer the question, what is DEF? And those aren't my initials, by the way. What is DEF and Flying J, and who is BlackRock, and why do we need to be aware of uh, what's going on here? We need to get more information from Gary when we come back. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Keep it right here. Remember to share the podcast on social media. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. Gary Kaz, our guest today. Thank you for staying with us, friends. I know some of this information is uh, really, it's not easy listening when you consider where we are in America and what's happening by the hands of our own government because um, they are not serving the people or protecting the people protecting our borders, taking care of us economically and militarily. By the way, I saw this headline uh, last week. China launches warship 
Well, U.S. Navy launches a new pronoun video. Uh, that shows you how out of touch this administration and our government really is. So, Gary, uh, where do you want to go from here? Well, yeah, let's let's talk about this final um, coming disruption, which is really the biggest involving our food and everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, this this uh, potential disruption really hasn't gotten any media attention yet that I'm aware of. Um, a few days ago, uh, a really good contact I have in the in the military who um, he's he's in a, in a pretty high place, and we meet together occasionally uh, when he has something really important he wants to pass on to me. And um, so he uh, gave me the following information that he received from a very trusted source. So I'm going to be quoting a little bit and summarizing from this for the sake of time. Sure. Uh, he, he said, do you know what DEF fluid is? It's diesel exhaust fluid. Remember that. This is, this is going to be big in the days ahead. Diesel mm. exhaust fluid, DEF. Every diesel truck that's been built since 2010 uh, is required to use it. Uh, you have to have it for, for your truck to run. It's made 67% of urea fertilizer and 33% distilled water. Now, here's the problem. Russia, <laughs> of course, is the largest exporter of urea in the world by a wide margin. Uh, Gutter is second. Egypt and China are tied for third. Both Russia and China recently announced that they are no longer going to export urea. Hmm. So what does this mean for us? Well, the United States imports most of its urea fertilizer. We do produce some of our own, but the vast majority is imported. We're the third largest importer in the entire world. And remember, this substance is required for our diesel trucks to run. Um, to put this into context, Flying J, you know, the, the truck stops, you see them all around the country, they provide about 30% of all DEF consumed in the United States. Okay. They provide it for the trucks, about 30, 30%. Um, and Flying J gets about 70% of their DEF fluid from shipments through Union Pacific Railroad. Uh, Union Pacific has single-user access to the fertilizer plants that urea DEF fluid comes from. Well, Union Pacific recently told Flying J to reduce their shipments by 50%. And if they do not comply, then they will be completely embargoed. And that's because of this shortage, um, you know, uh, since Russia and China are no longer exporting it. Hmm. Uh, the squeeze is already on. That's so right. Flying J basically got the memo, hey, you've got to cut it in half. Um, so uh, these DEF shortages, uh, they're going to be clearly a catalyst that causes not only food shortages in the coming months, but shortages of just about everything, because most items in the U.S. are moved by trucks. And, and if you've got a 10 to 15% shortage, which now looks like that's going to be the minimal amount of the shortage of DEF fluid, that's going to feed the current supply chain crisis, which, you know, we're already not in a good situation. Imagine taking 10 or 15% of trucks out of that, out of that equation because they no longer will run. Uh, and it could be even higher than that. It could be 20 to 30%, but I'm hoping that through some domestic production, somehow maybe we can make up for that shortage, but don't count on it when you have the Biden administration, um, you know, wanting to get us into this crisis situation. Uh, even Home Depot that has been uh, providing some DEF fluid, 
uh, they're now limiting the amount that you can buy in their stores because of this this growing shortage. So I just want to take this one final step further. Sure. BlackRock is the majority shareholder of Union Pacific Railroad. Okay. Uh, by the way, BlackRock has been pretty strong in the globalization area. They're, they're in that camp, and people need to be aware of that. Uh, so they, they have a, a, a big say in Union Pacific Railroad, but also America's biggest fertilizer producer is CF Industries, and their largest shareholder is BlackRock. Wow. So BlackRock controls the fertilizer industry in the U.S., and Union Pacific, which they also control, has exclusive rights to the distribution points of fertilizer. And remember, urea uh, falls into that category. They are a type of fertilizer. So in essence, BlackRock is controlling a lot of this in the U.S. The chairman, get this, the chairman of BlackRock Investment Institute is Tom Donilon. President Obama's former national security advisor. Tom Donilon's brother, Mike Donilon, is a senior advisor to Joe Biden. Tom Donilon's wife, Catherine Russell, is the White House personnel director. And Tom Donilon's daughter, Sarah Donilon, works on the White House National Security Council. So you could make a pretty strong argument that the leaders of BlackRock have a huge say in the White House, if, if not actually running it. And they're coming, again, largely from a globalist uh, uh, side of things. And so do we really think that BlackRock is going to speed up production of urea in this country, or are they going to do just the opposite and limit it more and more in order to cause even a bigger trucking crisis than what we already have? I, I, I'd say we'll know within three months. Wow. This is going to start playing out later this summer. Okay. Well, I love that you say it quite clearly. It appears BlackRock is spearheading the dismantling of the U.S. system on behalf of the globalists. And thank you for pointing that out. Those connections, you just connected these dots to these major players who are all part of the left and the global system, and they are intertwined with the Biden administration. I want to go back a little bit in your article, Gary, to one very sobering uh, sentence that you have and just make a comment on it and then let you respond. Well, you said this. Rome rotted from the inside out. It was easily invaded because it was occupied with internal problems. Stop right there and think about what our, quote, problems are in America. Pride Month, abortion, government education debates, the January 6th show trial, right? Orange man bad. They're trying to keep President Trump out of any further, you know, influence in our politics. But what's really going on? This is almost like all a smokescreen, what they're trying to focus Americans on. And I think to this day they've been quite successful, Gary, haven't they? Yeah, and, and, you know, the border crisis. Yes. It's huge. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've had a couple million undocumented immigrants coming across, and that's just what is known. Uh, Those that weren't even known as coming across that are, are loose somewhere in the U.S., and then how many of those people are terrorists that actually plan to do harm in, in the U.S. at some moment in time? Uh, you know, the, the terrorists would have to be naive not to try to get in when it's so easy to get in. And, and a lot of people, I can't believe they're not thinking about that. I, I, I'd be surprised if the number is not in the thousands, for sure in the hundreds of potential terrorists that are now in the country as a result of, of, of these policies. And so if there's going to be a major meltdown within the country where things spin out of control to the point where people begin to protest on, on you know, a large scale, 
And of course, some of that's going on right now over the abortion situation. You know, the left is trying to to fan the flames of of this thing. So we're going to see more protests just on that front. Now, imagine energy shortages and food shortages on top of that and, and terrorists that have you know come into the United States spawning something maybe later this year or next who knows when when we are at our weakest moment when we are uh, obsessed with internal crises on a grand scale that's when we will be the weakest and mm. if ever there is a time that our foreign enemies would try to attack us in my opinion it would be at such a time when we are completely pre- preoccupied with internal crises. And I know that's really thinking negatively, but I believe it's realistic. And I think the way we're going and, and some of the statements that Putin has been making, we should expect at some point an attack on our country when we are at our weakest moment. And I believe the goal of Marxist socialists and trying to take down our country is to get us to a crisis point where we are so weakened from mm-hmm. within that yeah. we can easily be overtaken uh, from outside. And I know that sounds very conspiratorial, but you know what? The things I've been warning people of for 30 years, they're happening now. Yes. I had something interesting happen, David, a couple months back. A man that I could hardly remember that I met twice 38 years ago somehow contacted me. He, he tracked me down after hearing me on a talk show. And he said, you probably don't remember me, but um, I remember I came back very sharply, very almost hostile against you telling me about some of these things going on. I just didn't want to believe it. He said, I am so sorry. I want to, I want to apologize. I owe you an apology. I just didn't think it could happen in America. You know, he's one of these very patriotic people who had been in the military, and he just couldn't believe that our country would eventually get to this point. But Mm -hmm. now we're there. And if we don't wake up now, especially as Christians, and take a stand, uh, we're going to run out of time. We're not going to be able to take a stand down the road. So we need to do everything we can to get the gospel message out, to be discerning, and to be Christ's ambassadors while we can in this country. And as far as a conspiracy goes, you know, you can call it whatever you want. You can say that these people are simply sharing a common agenda or that, or that they're pursuing a joint endeavor uh, or that they're united in a collaborative effort. Call it what you want. It's happening, mm-hmm. and we need to see it. We need to wake up. Yes, as we're warned in Scripture, Gary, wars and rumors of wars and uh, pestilences and, and earthquakes and famines, all these things have been predicted. They are prophetic. Uh, we've got three minutes left. Um, you did mention that Trump really came against the WEF when he was in office as president, and that sent really a signal. And in fact, he boldly said America will never be a globalist nation. And uh, that, those were, you know, fighting words right there when it comes to the left and the globalists. And he even tried to or actually he did. Uh, Trump did halted funding from the U.S., to the who the World Health Organization, I think Biden reinstated that. And um, why don't people understand uh, the importance of American sovereignty and not funding the UN that has been seemingly anti-Israel, anti-American, and these uh, global organizations? Well, a lot of the reason is indoctrination through our our public uh, education institutions. Mm. Uh, you know, the, the globalists put the U.N. on American soil huh. in hopes that the American people would go along with it, because uh, the American people did not go along with the League of Nations headquartered in Geneva, Switzerland. And uh, and so the strategy worked. Yes, uh, they it brought did. it to the U.S. And, 
you know, I went through the public school system and, and ever since sixth grade, I remember the UN being built up. Oh, you've got to go visit the UN. You know, it's the greatest thing ever. And, and, uh, we were indoctrinated with that. And then when I worked for the government and began to find out what's really going on behind the scenes and that the UN, uh, or an institution similar to it, but with more power, uh, you know, is the end game. It's, it's, it was created with the intent of eventually becoming a type of world government system where we would lose our national sovereignty. I think a lot of people just don't realize it because of the indoctrination that they've uh, gotten over years and years of time. I wish we had more time, Gary. We've got a minute left. I'm, I'm looking at your article. People are just going to have to go look that up at GaryKa.org, and you can look up his article called Brace Yourselves, because I see what you write about Iran uh, developing nuclear capabilities, and it seems like we're helping them now, the Biden administration. But, Gary, any uh, just remaining words just of advice and encouragement to people to be grounded in Scripture and rooted in Scripture and continue to do the work that God, God has called us to do as believers one day at a time, right? A- absolutely. And, and a passage uh, comes to mind from Daniel eleven thirty one. It says, But the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. Mm, and, and so even in the midst of this darkness that's descending upon the world, um, there, there's still going to be opportunities for people to stand up and make a difference. And, and so I just encourage people not to be uh, fearful. If we do know the Lord and we're walking closely with Him, we have His eternal hope. You know, and, and that's, that's the great hope that we have as, as Christians, that it doesn't end with this life. Amen. It's all about eternity. And, and, and so, yes, we want to do what we can uh, to live out our lives well in this world and take a stand. But if we have to lay down our lives for what is right, uh, you know, God will bless us and reward us in eternity in ways that we cannot even imagine. And we, we need to remember that, constantly remind ourselves of that fact. Amen, brother. And at the end of your article, you have a Christian response, including speaking the truth and and prayer, not backing down. And a lot of scriptures you share reminding us that God is sovereign and we are here for such a time as this. Gary Ka, Hope for the World. Thank you, brother. God bless you. Thank you, David. Tomorrow, Natasha Crane, author and apologist. Her book, Faithfully Different, continues to do very, very well. And on Thursday, Jelaine Appling brings an update from Wisconsin Family Council on the uh, increased threats by pro-abortion activists. And Tara Kozlowski, director of Damascus Road, uh, raising awareness about the evil of human trafficking. And then Scott Shera is back with us in Studio Friday with updates on the medical community, what he's learned about uh, his daughter Grace's death. God bless you. And as always, friends, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.